everyone. Welcome to another episode of Credit Union's Coffee and Conversation. This is Patty Corkery. Thanks so much for joining me in another conversation. I was really excited to meet actually on Election Day um, here in Lansing with Chris Lewis. Uh, and what's really interesting about Chris that you'll soon hear more about is that he is actually running two credit unions currently. He is the president and CEO of Allegan Credit Union here in Allegan. Um, Allegan is around, I think he's said around 87 million in assets currently. They have just under 9,000 members and he is also the CEO of Rivertown Community Federal Credit Union in Granville. Um, and that credit union sits around 78 million in assets and they have around 5,200 members. So they're going through the merger process now so he's got a lot on his plate so I appreciated him carving some time out of his very busy schedule uh, to come in in Lansing and meet with us and we just wrapped up a really great conversation. So please enjoy um, my casual and, and really interesting conversation with Chris Lewis. Hey, Chris Lewis, thanks for being here. Thanks, Patty. Thanks for having me. I know, it's kind of fun. I think we were both having the same thought on our way into Lansing today, that it's election day. Yeah, it's crazy. I couldn't uh, couldn't think about anything else, but... Uh... I sent my ballot in 30 days ago. So. <laughs> no, I think we're all super relieved to not get the insane text messages and emails and phone calls from people that are running. I'm so glad when Election Day rolls around for several reasons, but one being to stop the nonsense. The nonsense and the ads. I'm, just, yes. I'm tired of uh, looking at those ads. Oh, I know. <laughs> well, I don't watch a lot of TV that has ads, but so I haven't seen a ton. I, I, I guess I, I have certainly seen a fair share, but for me, it's just been these crazy text messages. And I'll, you know, it's an exciting time. And I know a lot of folks that I've talked to voted already. Now that you can do it absentee so easily, it's like, why would you stand in line? I don't know, but... Not for me. No, 30 yeah. days ago. It's been submitted. Nothing's changed. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, good, good, good. Well, thanks for being a guest. It's it's um, always fun uh, to have somebody in that I've gotten to know um, over the years and, and kind of have a different type of conversation with microphones in our face and <laughs> um, and talking things through. But, um, you know, if you've listened to the podcast in the past, you'll know I typically start off by just having the audience get to know you a little bit better. So I always kick things off by asking um, for you to tell us your story. Sure. Thanks, Patty. Again, thanks for having me. Glad to be here in Lansing. Um, so I uh, was born and raised in Indiana. Uh, most people think I'm from Michigan because I've been here for so long, but uh, grew up in Fort Wayne, which is just south across the border. Uh, my parents moved to Holland when I was a senior in high school, okay. um, but I had gone from kindergarten through my senior year, so wasn't leaving. Okay. Uh, so that was a little distraught for my mom because she didn't get to see me go through prom or any of that stuff. Oh, but man. Okay. It is what it is. Um, but yeah, I... Uh, 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 had a chance to to get back to Michigan through school. So it was either IU, Purdue, Michigan State, or Western, and I chose the smallest of the four schools. Okay. Uh, went to Western to study dentistry. I was a biomed major. Okay. Um, and here I am as a banker. So uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's how but we... But you have really nice teeth. Well, thank you. I, <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, yeah, uh, I always joke around that, you know, I think I talk too much. And so being a dentist, having my hands in people's mouths all the time makes it difficult for well, me to hold conversations. It's easy for you to talk, but then you just don't have to hear a response. Well, that's right? true. That's true. You always get the, you have to ask yes or no questions, but they never do that. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. And so um, once I got uh, out of school, um, I took my DATs. I was starting to apply for dental school. And DAT? Then, is, uh, dental uh, entrance exam oh, test. Okay. So it's like your MCATs. Wow, but, you were uh, serious. Yeah. Yeah. I had started applying to dental schools, Wayne, uh, not Wayne State, Detroit Mercy, IU, uh, Michigan State were a couple of the schools I'd applied to. Uh, and then just said, I can't do it. I, I just can't go any further. What and, changed your mind? Uh, again, I think just going to school for another four to yeah. six years, yeah. uh, you know, being at the end of my uh, college, my my bachelor's side, I said, I got to do something else. Yeah. So, experience the world. But uh, got into some sales stuff. Actually, I got into selling dental supplies to dentists. Okay. Um, so still kind of in that same vein. Um, and then uh, kind of bounced around in some different sales careers. I was a national recruiter for the automotive and heavy duty industry for a couple years. Okay. Uh, 9-11 happened and shut the world down. So yeah. Did something else, uh, got into car sales for uh, a short period of time, did that uh, for about four years, wow. and uh, started a family, and then that's when I said I can't be selling cars 24-7, 365, I have yeah. to find something else, so became a teller for Consumers Credit United out of Kalamazoo. Wow. Yeah, took a huge pay cut, but did it. Yeah, so when was that? <laughs> like, how old were you when you started? Uh, I was about making... 27, okay. um, I think, when I started at Consumers, uh, had just gotten married, um, and, uh, yeah, uh, the, my F and I guy at, at Ziegler, uh, knew, um, Kit Snyder, who was okay. the president yeah. and CEO at, uh, consumers at the time. They went to church together and hmm. got my resume over there. And before I knew it, I was a teller at consumers. Wow. How cool. Then what happened? So yeah. And so then, uh, my career kind of escalated from there was, um, Bounced from the teller line into more of a what we would call an MSR role or a member service sure. representative doing loans, new accounts, uh, worked in our call center environment there. Um, it was funny because now I think back to consumers when they were, you know, just a few branches to yes. what they are today. But, right. um, you know, there were four of us in the call center. Uh, now I think they have 40. But, <laughs> right, right. Um, you know, uh, worked my way up into more of a branch manager role, ran a couple branches, opened their cold water branch for them, got out into, uh, you know, growing that market for them and got brought back into Kalamazoo. I was commuting every day from Kalamazoo to cold water. Is it how far is that? That was about an hour. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fun story. I, one night about... Mm, Three o'clock in the morning, the alarms went off and got in my car and drove all the way down to Coldwater for nothing. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, great. In <laughs> uh, any event, uh, I, I uh, started running a couple branches for consumers, was recruited out of there to be a regional for Kellogg Credit Union. Okay. Uh, so left uh, consumers um, after uh, almost seven years. Uh, worked at Kellogg uh, as their regional running all their uh, 11 branches. Oh, wow. Um, so had uh, um, 11 branch managers reporting up through me. Uh, my entire career, I've done a lot in the lending side of things. Okay. So, you know, having my mortgage uh, NMLS number and doing mortgage loans for to some small commercial stuff to, you know, consumer lending to indirect. Um, so helped them kind of reshape some of their lending at Kellogg. And uh, took over as a moved out of the regional side and went into lending my last couple of years there. So okay. kind of their senior lending officer. Um, then was recruited out again by one of your uh, people that you know, one of your peers from back in the day. Chuck called me up and said, hey, I've got an opportunity for you. And um, if you're interested, and started talking about uh, being the CEO for Allegan Credit Union. Yeah, nice. When, and when was that? That would have been in 2015. Okay. So nice. spent quite a few years in just uh, the retail side and lending side of the credit union space. And this was my first hurrah to get uh, uh, my own sh ship and run it and... Uh, it's been a great experience so far. I've been doing it for almost seven years now. So how did it feel to start 
uh, you know, running, becoming a CEO. What was that experience like? Were yeah. you nervous, excited, all the above? All the above. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, little anxiety, drinking from a fire hose, definitely out of the gates. Um, you know, when you go from having, you know, working in some larger credit unions where you have multiple departments that you can reach out to and tap into when you need things to being that person. So yeah. wearing my hat of the janitor to the CEO right. or, and everything in between was kind of interesting. And I'm not joking about the janitor stuff. Sure. Um, but, you know, it was uh, a fun adventure. And I think getting that experience, specifically at a small credit union where you have to really touch everything, yeah, it, I think is a huge win for, you know, an up and coming CEO. Yeah. And I love hearing um, CEOs that start in the industry as tellers because I think it just gives you such a unique perspective and just listening to the variety of things that you did sales you know working you know, selling cars you know so many nuggets that you pick up that I'm sure have really helped you you know run a credit union having that knowledge yeah and not to mention the you know the different leaders I've been exposed to over my career um, you know seeing you know people like Kit to, to Tracy and you know yeah. a few executives in between there um, and gleaning the the great and amazing things that they've done Done and trying to integrate that into my own, you know, special sauce to to help my organization grow um, has been, you know, has been amazing. And yeah. I and I do agree with the the uh, diversity in my background has been, you know, something that's kind of helped me um, again shape my career and the people around me. Yeah, and I love to hear that too for people listening, you know, that are at different levels of their career. I mean, it doesn't really matter. You know, there's so much opportunity in this industry to advance and and that's cool maybe that means switching credit unions but you know there's there's a lot of opportunity so when you say that chuck holzman reached out to you how did he know you like how how were you on his radar well i shouldn't I sh- uh I, someone reached out to me and said you should put your name in and then chuck called me and said hey there's an opportunity yeah. would you be interested in in you know applying uh i had met chuck just through networking the power of networking is pretty yeah. great um uh your law firm when you were there helped uh uh, when I was at Kellogg running the uh, indirect department, helping us get acclimated. Right. Um, but I was also still heavily involved in like the chapter stuff. Sure. Um, so getting involved in the chapter with the league and the local chapter, you start to network with different people. You run into circles like Chuck Holtzman because right. he sponsors a lot of events. Yeah. Uh, and see so break off just like we're doing now and have a quick conversation and uh, over a cocktail or a coffee and uh, you know you get to know people and I yeah. think that's a huge. A huge advantage for people if you're looking to expand your careers, you got to expand your your networking group. Yeah, and that's what I was getting at, right? Is the networking because just in getting to know you more and more over the years, you know, you're definitely out and about. And you know, one of the things we hear a lot from smaller credit unions is they don't have the bandwidth to to get out and about because to, to what you just spoke to, they're wearing a lot of different hats. Can you speak to that? I mean, how have you navigated? You know, at you know Allegan which now, you know, it's, I'm sure, larger than when you started, you know, getting up to close to 85 million in assets. You know, how do you navigate getting, doing that networking, getting out in the community while still wearing a lot of hats at your credit union? Yeah, I equate that to just being uh, progressive in the way that you do things. You can't sit and wait for things to happen. I've always been a big believer. You've got to go out and make things happen. And uh, that means sacrificing. That means sometimes you have to sacrifice uh, your time and energy. Maybe it's one less hour at home with your kids. Right. Uh, Maybe it's, um, you know, having one of your staff members have to step up so that you can be out of the office for that hour or two or a half day um, so that you can be involved in different things. And I believe, you know, when I took over at, uh, at Allegan, uh, we were about 32 million in assets, one oh. branch, one county. You know, today we're state charter, whole state, 87 million in assets. Um, and 
three branches, and I also run another credit union, which is... I know. We were going to get to that. What the heck is going on there? Yeah, so that's a little unique. But, um, you know, getting back to that, you just got to make it happen. You cannot sit and do nothing. You have to get outside of your your four walls. And I think I've been blessed by putting good people around me that have allowed me to do those things. Um, And, you know, that's that I think is probably the, the crux of why I'm in the position I'm in today. Yeah. And I think that that's, you know, such a smart idea. And, and what, when you say, you know, one of the ways you do that is allow somebody else on your team to kind of step up and take over or, you know, handle something that maybe normally you would have done, but you give them the opportunity to do that. And that's such an awesome way to help somebody else advance too, you know? Yeah, I'm a big believer in those people around uh, around me getting the opportunities to thrive and grow in their positions. And, you know, I've never been afraid of someone saying, hey, I want to be the CEO someday. I, I would welcome it with open arms um, and giving them the opportunities to grow in, in their career. And I think when you surround yourself with amazing people, amazing things will continue to happen. And I am a product of that environment. I've, yeah. I've always been blessed in any environment that I've been, whether it's consumers, Kellogg, Allegan and Rivertown, uh, I have had tremendous success because of the people around me. And so what what's happening with Rivertown? How, how long is that? You're <laughs> yeah. running that. So you're listed as CEO there, too, I am. right? Yeah, okay. so I took over there, uh, as CEO there two years ago. Okay. Um, it'll be two years in February. And we are in the process of going through a merger. Um, we uh, They had a CEO who was retiring that had been there for 20-some-plus years, and um, they have kind of stayed a little flat. Um, they're in a very competitive market being in Grand Rapids, um, and they were looking for a change. And so I talked to them about an opportunity where we would put our two credit unions together. And it's unique because we're going to keep the brands the same. So okay. Allegan will continue to run as Allegan Credit Union. Rivertown will continue to run as Rivertown Credit Union. And we will have a united brand over top of it. Okay. Um, and we're, we're excited to, to build that out and keep some uh, familiarity with the local markets because that's what it's about, right? So, so catering to the members and uh, keeping that that history alive through keeping those brands intact. How cool. And so how, what's the asset size of Rivertown? They're almost the same size. They're about 75 million today in assets. Um, So yeah, we'll, we'll be, uh, we're out for member vote right now. uh, And things look like it's going well. So as long as that continues, uh, officially January one, we will be about 160 million in assets, full state charter of Michigan and uh, five branches serving Roughly about 15,000 members. That's awesome. So you're pretty much doubling your job. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's <laughs> I've already exciting. been doing it. So it's it's not, shouldn't be any ma- major change. Right. Well, so that's amazing. Um, congrats on that. Thank you. And good luck as you navigate through that. I know that's a process. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, so we touched on this a little bit, just I think such great advice to young professionals in our industry. You know, you have had a lot of activity um, over recent years with Fuel and 906 Hype in the UP. Um, and it's so exciting for me to see these young professionals getting together, networking, and really starting to build kind of their network of people, no matter what their position is. You know, how do you, you know, develop, you know, up and coming leaders as a CEO? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, obviously, we have to refill our ranks. There's a huge turnover right now at the yeah. top. I mean, we've had a lot of CEO changes. Right, and, yeah. And uh, 
there's a lot of young uh, CEOs that are taking over, which is awesome. Yep. Uh, obviously, they came from uh, people who gave them opportunities and chances, and I think that's where, where he starts. You know, finding the right person, um, you know, hiring the right person. So hire, sure. I'm always a big hire the smile and I can teach you the rest yeah. um, type person. So, you know, getting engaged and finding the right person. And I really look for people who have passion and perseverance, so grit. Yeah. Um, you know, people who have that, that wherewithal and entrepreneurial spirit that wants to go further in life. And so if you can capture those individuals and put them in uh, positions and help them coach through that process and grow, but then giving them the opportunities. So I am blessed with a very young management team. I have uh, a branch manager who's actually under the age of 20. Oh, wow. And, uh, That's so cool. She came through a, uh, so Allegan, for those who don't know, we're in a rural environment. Uh, we're a county seat in the middle of Allegan County, which is high ag country. Right. Um, and she was a 4-H kid. She was a farm kid. She's um, she's just amazing. And it's and I'm, I'm blessed with a few of those individuals. I have probably four kids who have, you know, uh, come through that 4-H and farm type backgrounds. And they are just workaholics That's they're so cool. they're so amazing and it's it's it, it's fun to watch their growth and so we we picked up this the specific branch manager when she was a uh, 17 year or 16 year old working at the Votech center next to her um uh, the Allegan uh, Tech Center was right next to our branch. She would come over and work during a couple hours a day and learn learn banking and uh-huh. tellering. And uh, since then, she's you know been with us full time. She's uh, she's got her associate's degree. She's uh, yeah, she's just uh, a go getter. She's amazing. What's and her name? Her name is Maddie. Okay. And, uh, you know, I think back to when I started getting more involved in the power of networking, you know, and I, I, I remember reaching out to Jordan Kingdon and saying, hey, I need to be involved in the league. How do I get right. involved? And he's like, well, you got to get on these these groups and these, you know, these working groups and various other things. And it's been a blessing for me. And so I'm trying to integrate some of those pieces with her. She she picks up our PAC fundraising. So she does all our PAC fundraising with the tickets nice. and uh, the, um, you know, jeans and the various things that we do to raise funds for our, our PAC. So she's getting heavily involved, which is great. I think that's just speaking to you got to give them the opportunities. Yeah. And uh, I'm blessed with a few. I've got three individuals who are in fuel. Um, right. So again, giving them that, that chance to get out of the four walls, um, just like I I think is important for us as CEOs to get out as well. Yeah, for sure. And professionals. I think too, sometimes we go to events or, and the people that are attending the events are the C-suite folks, you know, and, um, and the way you kind of get to know people is going to events. So that's mm-hmm. what I love about Fuel. I like that they're um, taking more of a chapter approach, a regional approach to um, get more and more people excited about it and get to see each other in person a little bit more when it's more regional. So lots of cool things happening there. I think it's so great when, you know, um, a young professional approaches me at a conference or an event. And, you know, I think sometimes people are are shy or, oh, they don't want to really talk to me or, you know, whatever the case, insert whatever you're telling yourself. And for me, it's such a great um, sign when somebody just comes right up to you. You know, I was at our event last week and this woman, um, Alex Miner. Hi, Alex, if you're listening. You said you listened to every episode. I'm going to see if you're actually being truthful. Hi, Alex. I know, Alex at Avia. So, you know, she came up to me and she just introduced herself 
and she told me what she's doing at, at the credit union and, and just the passion she has. And, you know, those things stand out, you know, and you remember people that do that. And it's, it's such a cool, um, way to, to make people feel empowered and, and to let, you know, I don't want to say let them come to events, but, you know, approve them to come to events. You know, I'm sure Alex asked somebody at Avia, you know, Hey, this is happening. It's, you know, see you for all that the league's putting on. And, and she came and, and she raised her hand during the event. And, you know, you just see people like that, that are really out there engaging and you know that you're going to see them, you know, years later, you know, yeah. um, moving and shaking in our industry. It's really exciting. And unfortunately, no, I know Alex, uh, oh, you do? I actually got to meet her at a, uh, fuel event. Ah. Uh, so I spoke talking about the power of networking and okay. how important it is and she is very much in she listened a network. to you she's, she's kicking butt <laughs> taking names i imagine we'll see her in a c-suite really soon yeah uh, yeah oh, so that's cool. great that's really fun um yeah i figured you know I, not surprising that you know her she's pretty active and, and she's you know on the west side anyway yep. um so what's kind of what are some challenges that you're dealing with you know at a running two smaller credit unions at the time you know, currently you know what what's is there anything kind of unique to a smaller asset credit union that you're seeing happening or any challenges that you guys are facing right now? Yeah, I, you know, I always like to, to equate that I'm a, you know, a billion dollar CEO trapped in a, you know, couple hundred million dollar credit union body. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's, I think it's just the lack of resources sometimes that makes it difficult to, to do the things that you want to do. And I'm not one to make excuses. I always yeah. try to figure out ways to, to accomplish the things that I want to accomplish in the way that I want to accomplish them, um, to be successful for my members, my community and my employees. And so I've been blessed. And again, I think that, uh, you know, it's been, Looking at something, having a strategic mission and vision and sticking to it and, and kind of growing and, and going down that path. Um, you know, I think it's economies of scale. I think that's just the big difference. Uh, we've been blessed. We created a CUSO uh, a few years ago that caters to CFO and accounting services. I, again, had a very young CFO who was, uh, you know, my uh, auditor and I recruited him to come work for me because I don't like spreadsheets Yeah, and same, same. said, Hey, can uh, you help me put these together? I don't want to do a call report ever again. Yeah. And, um, he said, yeah, I, I like what you're saying. Let's, let's work together. So a couple years ago we sat down and said, I want you to expand your career. You're a billion dollar CFO. How do I get you in front of other people? And, uh, we built out a QSO, uh, my QSO, M-I-C-U-S-O that, uh, does accounting and CFO services today. We're up to eight credit unions. That's great. Um, and so I think that power of sharing, Sharing and being cooperative allows for small credit unions to have some of those successes. Um, but yeah, I, I think just the big, other than having two board meetings to do on a yeah, monthly that's basis, a lot. Um, on top of my boards that I sit on. But uh, no, I, I think once that dust kind of settles, uh, it'll be very easy. Yeah, for sure. That's... But I, again, for me, big and small credit unions, I don't see a huge difference other than the commas and sure. the, you know, the, the economies of scale. I think we all have the same issues. We all are fighting the same battles. Um, it's just, you know, sometimes it might be a little harder because I don't have the resources, yeah. but I find them. For sure. So how's it going in your area? You mentioned, you know, you're in a pretty rural community. How's staffing going? Well, uh, like everybody else, <laughs> uh, it seems like you hire two and five people leave. Yeah. Um, it's a very competitive market. So again, we have to get creative. I go back to, you know, using Maddie as an example, tapping into the local resources, getting familiar with the high schools, um, trying to get those people. The pool is not as great as it would be in Grand Rapids. I mean, there's 125,000 people total in Allegan County where there's, you know, 
million people inside of Kent County. Sure. Um, so you do have to be creative. But we've been blessed. I have. A, I think we've created a very amazing culture that people want to be a part of. Um, so we we tend to get some great resumes and great people. Um, but we still feel the pain points. Yeah, for sure. It's and a very interesting everybody. market. It is, yeah. and that's everybody I hear. You know, not only that, but just the the compensation. You know, getting them to stay and competing. You know, I, I hear several CEOs on a regular basis. How much are you paying your frontline? You know, what what are you going to raise? And you know, it's just it's a challenge. And that's where you see a lot of resources that credit unions didn't intend to. You know, increase compensation. You didn't budget for a five percent or whatever it is increase in compensation, and it's just it's tight. So I feel for you guys. Yeah, and it's it's funny. You talked about y, uh, YPs earlier. You know, the fuel group. Um, we recently were talking to a potential branch manager candidate and that person was interested in going into CUNA management school. Okay, yeah. And, you know, I think those are the things where you could get creative and say, hey, we will make you that promise if you want to, you know, mm-hmm. join our team. Maybe we pay you uh, the that incentive so that you can go and be a part of, you know, furthering your career. And that's a three-year commitment, right? So, you know, at least locking someone up for a few years potentially. So there could be some some opportunities for for leaders to do that to recruit talent. Yeah, and I think it's so impressive that you have that mindset. Again, just because for so many years, you know, I've heard from, you know, smaller credit unions, you know, we can't send people, we don't have the resources. And, you know, here you are, you know, feeling the staffing crunch, especially now, um, still having the mindset of getting your team involved in fuel, you know, having them go to events, um, you know, talking about CUNA management school, which is a huge time commitment on the part and then you're sacrificing losing that body you know but I agree I mean that's what we have to do to let them know that we are interested in improving and advancing them this isn't just a job you can build a career with us and we're interested in developing you and those unique ways to show people that you're invested in them must go a long way you know yeah, I hope so. Uh, yeah, you know, we pour we pour a lot of <laughs> a lot of time and energy into them, and certainly we can't pay the highest dollar. You know, we I, I always tell my my HR team that you know we're never going to be the highest paying credit right. union just because we can't. Sure, um, but we can get creative in the ways that we do things, whether it's you know employee development to maybe some different benefits. Uh, we had a life PTO event thing that we created, and my HR person created a couple of years ago, which was like, hey, you you know, on top of your regular PTO, we'll give you a day off if you want to go buy a new car or a couple days if you need to get into a new house or if you want to go buy a puppy or something fun and exciting around people's just normal lives, we would give you just a day off. Right. And so, you know, just trying to be creative in the way that we build out our organization, because I believe in, you know, having a strong culture where people love to be a part of it, because if they are not having fun every day or they're not wanting to be engaged, then that's going to carry over in your membership and you're going to burn. Yeah, for sure. So with all of this going on, you know, uh, running the ship at two different credit units, how do you find time to be strategic? It's a good question. Um, you know, I'm, I'd like to think I'm a dreamer. Uh, at least that's what my uh, strengths finder says. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, a builder in the same vein. So, you know, sitting down with a group of people, whiteboarding things out. We try to set strategic planning sessions a couple times a year where we just sit down as an executive team and throw things on boards and say, this is what we'd like to do uh, in the future. And how do we get there? Um, and so I think certainly sitting down and, and having that white space time is critical. I'd like to have more of it. Yeah. Um, and I think the I'm going through this uh, leadership training as part of the league um, with uh, 
humanity. And, uh, you know, one of the things that when I take my assessment strategic is kind of in the middle of middle of the road for me. Um, although I've always felt I've been very strategic in my design, uh, I, I'm excited to hear a little bit more on how I can strengthen that and sure. sharpen that pen. So what about, you know, technology and fintechs and, and how, you know, running, you know, your credit unions, how do you approach, you know, either partnering with fintechs or how you can kind of stay, you know, relevant to your members in the tech space? How do you approach that? Yeah, it's um, it's a trying time with that as well. So not only is the employees uh, a, a tough to swallow but so is technology it's expensive sure. turns over every couple years yeah. you know the day you buy a computer it's outdated the next day um you know so one of the things we're trying to stay on top of is just what's out there and what can we get involved in we're blessed with you know good mobile apps um you know great technology with the banking tax banking we we have a call center which is rare for a credit union of our size you know we realize that the world is shifting to a digital world and we are putting strategies in place to look at ITMs, to understand how we can serve members through an online channel, uh, open accounts more effectively on online channels. Um, I wouldn't say we're at the forefront of any of that stuff. We're probably more on like, let some other people do it. And we're going to try to ride some of their coattails to the finish line. But technology is something we will pour a lot of energy in over the next couple of years. Oh, so you mentioned the leadership training that you're doing. What else do you do to kind of develop your own skills as a leader, you know, as you are acquiring, you know, not acquiring, but merging with another credit union and and doubling in size, which means more team members? And and how do you approach, you know, your development and your growth in the leadership space? Yeah, I'm uh, one of our non-negotiables is forever learning. So um, non-negotiables, we have 12 of them for our staff. So it's, it's one of the 12. Um, and we want to make sure that, you know, we never stop learning. We're never too old, we're never too young, we're ne- sure. never have learned enough. Um, so we, we read as a group. So we just started doing that recently where we have a, kind of a book club for our leadership oh, team. Cool. Um, we do, I think the power of networking, I, I talked a lot about that earlier. I think that's just such an amazing tool. I sit in a, a, a group of probably seven, uh, seven or eight, um, CEOs and executives across the state who, uh, help me when, you know, being at the top can be a little lonely. Yeah. Um, so having that that group or that voice that you can tap into to say, hey, this is what I'm thinking or this is what I'm struggling with or these are some of the things I want to test. What do you think? And getting that instant feedback is amazing. Um, you know, I went back and got my MBA <clears throat> uh, when I was at Kellogg. I thought that was a, you know, taking all those science classes are great. They don't really have, you know, much, sure. uh, you know, You're much weight. and filling cavities, right? No. no, no. <laughs> uh, nobody cares about the molecular structure of oxygen. So, um, you know, having that, uh, you know, that basis that you can jump from, whether it's HR to legal to, you know, accounting. Uh, was great for me as well. So um, I always joke that maybe someday I'd like to be a professor at school yeah. uh, and go and teach. And I think teaching is a great way to also learn. So uh, that's kind of one of the things that I think just keeps my soul sharp. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's and of course, reading. I read a lot. So. Do you? Yeah. yeah. What do you read now? What's some good stuff? Well, um, the book that we just did as a group was What Got You Here Will Not Get You There yeah. um, by uh, Marshall uh, Goldsmith, I think is the name. Um, great book. You know, we're trying to do that, that how do we leap from being where we are today to something right. else? Uh, I always equate it to 
we are, you know, kind of the minor leagues today. We're trying to get to the majors. Uh, what are the things that we need to get there? And we always have to be dynamic and changing and evolving and, and growing. And so that book ties into that. Another one that's on my uh, nightstand right now that I haven't cracked, but I got it from another CEO in the industry was um, The Road to Reinvention okay. um, by Josh Linkner. He's a Detroit guy, a venture capitalist. And the book really is uh, uh, kind of in that same same tone of, uh, you know, you constantly have to reinvent. Uh, cultures can change. The world around us is changing, so we have to constantly look at change. And I'm kind of a big believer in that. So yeah. I'm excited to crack the book and, and read that one. I have on my desk, I haven't started it, it just came the other day, um, Simon Simonick, I think Leaders Eat Last or something? Read it, great book. Is it good? Okay, yes, good. you'll love it. I love everything by Simon. I yeah. love all his little podcasts and his uh, little videos. Um, you know, it's, uh, I have a, I do a, cultural presentation for all our new hires so I sit and do a four-hour training for all our new staff and I do two videos with Simon Sinek and oh, cool. uh, you know just talking about the dynamic change of cultures and how important it is nice all right so you have a lot going on what do you like to do for fun how do you blow off steam Ooh, that's a tough one I wish I uh, <laughs> finding the time, time to blow off steam um, <laughs> anything around water uh, I just need to be on the water okay and uh, if I can find time to to get to uh you know, the lake, I'm close to Lake Michigan, so drive out to Saugatuck or South Haven and just put my feet in the water. Uh, I also enjoy golf, so I know that's a frustrating, so you don't know, I don't know how you <laughs> blow off steam golfing, but uh, I do my best um, just being outside and then spending time with my kiddos. Yeah, nice. I know, so you have a kid at Michigan, right? I do, go freshman. Blue. Yeah, go nice. blue. How's yes. he enjoying it? He's loving it, probably yeah. a little too much, but <laughs> <laughs> he's enjoying himself, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, that's fun. Uh, so that's great. I, I, I enjoy the water too, and it's nice. How, so how far are you for you to get in your car to drive to the lake? Um, 30 minutes. Oh, I'm jealous, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. You know, if it's if it's just a quick, I just need to get to someplace quick, you know, I can go to some, we have lots of local lakes where you can just jump in to a car and be by a water in 10 minutes yeah, for sure. and sit on a dock or a bench and just see the water chill out so do you listen to podcasts um not a you ton simon's yeah i've you know just if like specific ones if i'm looking out for it um sometimes i'll get involved like i used to when i traveled a lot uh i do travel a lot on the car but yeah I, now i'm in like sports radio but um, oh boy uh, you know, a lot of this stuff with history type based things okay. I like. So nice. learning more about people and why they, what makes them tick. So autobiogra autobiographies and things like that. Yeah. Uh, I got to get so. into more of those. I always yeah. tell myself I need to do that. And then I end up listening to some light book, you know, like <laughs> right. soft. Um, all right. So I like to wrap up with five questions at the end just okay. to help us get to know you even better. Um, so what is on your nightstand at home? So again, it's that, uh, road to, uh, Reinvention by Josh Linkner, and okay. I'm going to crack that open and, and see what we got. I also keep a journal by my desk or yeah. on my bed. Uh, occasionally in the middle of the night, I'll wake up and write some random thoughts. But Nice. About work or personal stuff or a mix? Either or. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes it's just chicken scratchings. I have no idea what I was thinking. I know. <laughs> You're like, okay, maybe I had one too many, and yeah, I don't know maybe, what I wrote. Yeah. What about, so, is because I know some people that are pretty serious journaling people they commit to like to a certain amount of time per day. Is that you or is this it's just not more me? Casual? You know, it's okay. funny. I I wanted to get into journaling. I bought myself a fountain pen. I wanted to you know start my handwriting. If I showed you my book right now, you'd be like, I can't <laughs> read that either. Um, I, I was really born to be a doctor. Um, but the you know 
just taking a few notes. I, you know, to-do lists are going in my books every single day. What do I need to accomplish throughout the day? Um, but you know, I would love to be a little bit more of a, a fluid writer. You know, these are the things I'm thinking. Here's my life, blah, 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 blah. So let me ask you this. This might sound weird, but I'm trying to figure out the best solution for myself. When you're in meetings, you're in a lot of meetings, you're in a lot of different things. What tool do you use to take notes? Is it pen to paper in different journals or books, or are you a typer into some software system? How do you keep track of your notes? What do you, what tools do you use? So it depends. All right. um, so if it's something I need to share with people, I will type it because you type will Type it not, in what? Like just a, like a Word doc, I'll pull okay. it up. Um, I've also started into mind mapping. So I was, uh, I just did a chapter event yesterday where we were doing our strategic planning for our chapter and I was showing the group like mind mapping. It's called, is that a software <laughs> Uh, mind oh. mapping means you you pick a subject and then you have like these like think of like a spider web of oh, so like different design things. thinking type tool. Yep. Okay. Yep. So whiteboard, okay. um, white space type stuff. Um, so I've been doing a little bit more of that. Okay. Um, and then when it comes to anything that's related to just me, it goes into a, a paperback journal. Okay. Because I I was doing the paper journals and now I have like several and I can't remember which one I wrote what in. And it's <laughs> just I got to get more organized. Well, speaking of technology, those cool ones that are like you actually look like you're writing on paper. I don't know yeah. what they're called but I don't um I gotta figure it out all yeah. right um, sorry I'm not much help yeah yeah you're not <laughs> <laughs> so what is something that people get wrong about you um sometimes I come off as a little no-nonsense which can be like an arrogant or a cocky type that behavior. you're no-nonsense yeah okay I guess it's the you know especially like meetings I'll come into meetings and I'll be like I just let's get this let's, done and right I just give data and so if you're new to those type of settings you might look at me and be like oh that guy's just a jerk not friendly <laughs> yeah but I think I'm a pretty nice guy at uh-huh. least I hope so uh all of you listening uh, I don't invite not, mean people on me. the podcast so yeah. <laughs> you gotta be at least nice so I think that's one thing that people get wrong about me yeah. Okay. Um, so if you could have coffee with anyone, who would it be? In oh man, probably my mom. She passed away a couple years ago from cancer. And uh. I just, it's just like that one extra moment. If you can have, it'd probably be tea if it was with her. Yeah. I don't mean to be emotional. It's, but it's just, uh, you know, I, I, I thought I, I saw this question I was thinking about it for a long time and it's like, yeah, I mean, hands down, if I could bring people back to sure. one person. So yeah. 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 Very cool. Well, I'm sorry to hear that about your Thank mom. You. Um, so tell us a bucket list travel destination. The Maldives. Oh, why there? Because uh, it's on the water. Okay. Um, it's an island nation in the South Pacific or Asian okay. Pacific. Um, and I always see like those cool little bungalows that are like out in the middle yes, of the water. And we've it just all looks, seen those. looks like something I just want to walk out onto and spend a month. Yeah. So where are those in relation to like Hawaii? Are they out that way? Um, no, I think they're like south of India. Oh, okay. Yeah. South of India. Okay. Wow. Nice. Well, that's an awesome bucket list. Yeah, You're going to we'll stay see. in a hut we'll somewhere out there. Save, save up. <laughs> okay. Good luck with that. Uh, you'll make it. You'll make it. Um, so what is one trait or quality that you think every leader should strive for? Yeah. Um, for me, it's probably just being humble. It's the humility stuff. This is probably one that most people probably say, but it's it really is owning up to your faults and mistakes. And I think sometimes I see too many leaders just say pointing fingers and placing yeah. blame on things. And for me, it's always been, it's me. I'm the one that has to make those decisions and I'm the one that made the decision and I'll own it to sure. the nth degree. Um, even when it's a team member who screws up, you know, at the end of the day, I'm the one at the highest point of the organization. And if, if they're screwing up, then I've done something wrong. Right. And so how do I fix it? And I think the key there is, you know, learning from those mistakes, um, you know, when you have them and, uh, you know, making the necessary changes and moving forward in a positive light. 
Nice, nice. I love it. Well, thanks so much, Chris, for coming on and sharing um, all of your industry experience. I, wait, I did read somewhere that you at one point were selling Oriental rugs. Is that true? That is a true statement. <laughs> yeah, that was my very first job in uh, in school, uh, high school. I was 15 years old. That's such a uh, random job to have in high school. It, it was, yeah, it's kind of unique. I, and <laughs> I, I wish I retained a lot of that knowledge because I remember and even like Growing up in college and stuff, I'd go to people's houses and I'd look at a rug and I could name the rug. And no the parents were always like, you're weird. <laughs> it was like, whatever, you know, just a little history. But yeah, it was a fun job. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, Chris, for being here. It was great to have you. Thank you so much, Patty. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Uh, it was really a lot of fun to get to know Chris better. Um, he had so many different... Um, ways to share with us all really on how he manages life, you know, with um, running two different credit unions. And I really loved hearing his um, take on getting out there and networking and being a really big part of our Michigan credit union community and nationally as well. Um, he wears a lot of hats. And one of the things I was really curious about is, is how he makes time and finds time to do that, um, running a smaller credit union. And um, I loved how he, he talked about really just prioritizing, um, you know, with his team and, and feeling comfortable, right? Having somebody on his team um, step up. And, and take over for him while he gets out and about. And and I think that's really crucial. And, and I love that message because, you know, we have a lot of small credit unions here in Michigan. And I know a lot of those leaders are, are um, tackling those same issues of balancing having to be at your credit union, but also trying to get out and network. So I think he had a, a lot of great ideas there. I love also how he's really passionate about developing young people. I mean, he has a branch manager that started, you know, Know, under 20, which is really unheard of in um, really utilizing the resources that he has in his community, recognizing the rural nature of his community and, and looking to 4-H and to other organizations there that um, I'm sure members really appreciate because he's hiring people that can really relate to um, that rural lifestyle, that farming community that um, is really um, big in his area. So I thought that was really interesting. Love to hear how he's an avid Leader, has a book club with his leadership team and they really roll up their sleeves and dig into all striving to be better leaders. So a lot of great takeaways from Chris and I'm so thrilled that he did not become a dentist or continue to sell Oriental rugs and instead he uh, went into financial services at the age of 27 starting off as a teller and joined our amazing Michigan credit union community. So thanks again Chris for coming out and being with us here in Lansing and, and for the great conversation. And thanks all to the listeners. We really appreciate um, you tuning in, so to speak. I know that's an old person way of saying, you know, joining our podcast because you're not tuning into anything. You're really just pressing play on your smartphone. Um, but we love having you here. If you haven't started to follow the podcast on Spotify or wherever you're listening, uh, make sure you follow so you can get the next episodes popping up in your feed um, when they come out. So thanks all for being here. And um, looking forward to catching you the next time.